Would you come on, honor him and welcome him this morning. Receive what God's got from him and through him. Have fun, brother. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Can you hear me okay? I brought an assistant here today. We're going to be like, I'll be Josh Allen, you be Stefan Diggs. All right? It's a winning combination. Go Bills! Come on! Who watched the game last night? Everybody? Who did not watch the game? Taniva. Tabitha, what were you doing? One first time in 27 years. Sleeping? So much. All right. Well, we'll talk after service. Come in for counseling. Um, So anyways, today I have two messages prepared because I was talking to Pastor Josh earlier this week and he's like, hey, what are you preaching on Sunday? And he's mostly asking to make sure that it's doctrinally sound and that I'm not going to do anything stupid, but also just, you know, get any pointers or whatever. And I'm like, honestly, I have two messages prepared because things are going to be completely different if the Bills win, right? Or if they lose. I would be really, really, really sad today if they lost. So we do something a little more melancholy, maybe something with more hope. Let's win. Let's do, you know, maybe some, something about joy, about being champions, winning. Jake, bring that up a little bit more. Um, and can you please bring me the Bill's win folder? So we're going to do this message today. Can we have a round of applause? The Bill's won. So I'll say Bill's... Bills lose. Hopefully, we don't have to use that till many years from now, maybe 2025. But we'll start with this one. The Bills win. But before we do that, we're going to play a game because we always have to play a game. So if you're able to, everyone stand up. There is a prize for this game. The name of the game is Stay Standing If. So for this sermon, I chose. Uh, to go after the life of the Apostle Paul. As you know, he had many victories, right? He wrote almost half the books in the New Testament. Um, an incredible writer, influencer, uh, leader of the, the, the first modern church, right? Like, he's a, he's a huge winner, Paul, right? He's a Roman. He's cool. So we're going to play, but we're going to go through, he had some hard times too, so we're going to go through some of his hardships. So we're going to see how we compare to the Apostle Paul. So basically, the winner of this game will be the one who's still standing at the end, or the last one standing. We're going to see how we compare to some of the hard things that Paul has been through. Um, so, in uh, Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 11, he goes through a list of all his hardships. I don't know if you've heard him before, but we're going to kind of go through them one at a time and see how we stack up. So, stay standing if you've ever been cold. We live in Buffalo, so pretty much everyone's been cold. The Bible says that, Paul says, I have been cold and naked many, many times. I didn't want to do the naked part because we're in church. <laughs> but he said, I've been cold and naked many times. So he's been persecuted for the faith. Um, the second one is, stay standing if you have gone without food for more than 24 hours. So some of us have never fasted. That's okay. No, no, uh, no judgments. Um, so Paul, he said, I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food, right? So that's definitely a hardship, especially for us Hamlins. We don't like to go without food. Um, all right, so some of you have suffered a little bit. You know a little bit about suffering. Stay standing if you've ever pulled an all-nighter at work or school to get something done. If you've stayed up all night, Stay standing. 
Got some hard workers here. Josh Terhar, you're already sitting down? Oh, okay, okay. Fast metabolism, I hear you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, we're getting, we're getting down to some people here. All right, stay standing if you have ever had something stolen from you. If you've ever had something taken from you, stolen. All right, a few more people, a few more people standing down. Paul was in danger from bandits through a lot of his time. He's been robbed. Uh, stay standing if you have ever been spanked by your parents, either with a hand or a belt. Wow, that's why all of you are such good people. Paul said he received, uh, Paul's was a little more harsh than being spanked by his parents. He received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. I don't know why he didn't just say 39, but Paul received five times he got the 39 lashes. Five times. So he's, he was beat up a little bit. Stay standing if you've ever been on a cruise, on a cruise ship. Ooh, we lost a bunch more. If you have, stay standing if you've been on a cruise before. So Paul went on a few cruises. Uh, he said he spent more than a day at night on the open sea, kind of like Titanic style, like drifting. So it's a little different than a cruise, but we're down to like six people. All right, we're, we're getting down there. Uh, stay standing if you've ever moved before. Everybody's moved? Paul said that he had to be constantly on the move because he was worried about being killed. So our situation might be different than that, but... This one, I think we're going to get a lot more people to sit down on this one. Sit down if you have ever been hit with a bat or a stick. If you've had brothers, you've probably, faith has been hit by a bat or a stick. Someone hit Grandma Fran with a stick? Do you tell me their name and I'll come after them. So Paul said three times he was beaten with rods. Ouch. All right, this one, we'll probably lose more people. Sit down. Actually, stay standing if you've ever been hit with a rock. Stay standing if you've ever been hit with a rock before. Sit down if you've never been hit with a rock. Jeremy has a mean older brother named Kyle, so I understand. All right, this one will probably lose way more people. Stay standing if you've ever been in a boating accident. Ever been in a boating accident? Jeremy, yes. So who is... Oh, so we don't have... And the last one, I'm glad you guys made it to this point, because the last one is, stay standing if you've ever spent a night in jail. That would be a fun one. So, I feel like, Jeremy, you were hit with rocks, so that was pretty... Why don't you come get your, uh, your prize? Congratulations. Oh, nice catch. So... With that said, we can say that Paul has suffered more than all of us probably. He's had worse things happen to him than we have. So let's hear what Paul... We're going to go through two situations that Paul went through and kind of get what I call the playbook or the handbook to hardship we're going to go through. So what do you do when you've had hardship? Uh, other things that he included was he said he was in danger from Jews, in danger from Gentiles. He was in danger in the city. He said he was in danger in the country. I don't know what that means. Rednecks, maybe. He was uh, in danger from false believers. He just had, he had a lot of pressure, too. So uh, I have Jake up here. He's going to write uh, some of the, 
the hand, he's going to write the handbook down to show you what to do when you face hardship. So the first story is from Acts 16, 16 through 40. It's Paul and Silas in prison. So the story goes, Paul and Silas were walking down the street. They see a woman who's mumbling, and the Bible actually says, this is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. In verse 18, it says, She kept this up for many days, and Paul finally became so annoyed, the, uh, the NIV actually says annoyed, that he turned around and said, to the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And in that moment, the Spirit left her. This in itself is an incredible story. Someone is set free from bondage of, of evil. Come on. It's a great story. But things got a little worse after that. Um, the owners got really, really mad at Paul and Silas because this lady was doing fortune telling and stuff like that. And she was making money for her owners, right? And so now she doesn't have this special talent anymore. So they're mad at Paul and Silas. They make a bunch of stuff up, falsely accused. Who's been falsely accused before? It's not fun. One time, they accused me of starting a, a food fight in the lunchroom. Can you believe that? <laughs> Cannot believe it. It wasn't true. Anyways, it's not fun. So the crowd, it said in verse 22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and they ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they've been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison when the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. One time, Josh's friends taught me a swear word when I was like three, and then I got in trouble for it, and I was set grounded and had my mouth washed out with soap, but it wasn't my fault. So I know how Paul feels. I just thought about that one. Anyways... In verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. So how many of you, the first thing, like, I get the first thing to do would be to pray, right? Like, if you're in that kind of situation. But it says they were singing. After getting beaten up, falsely accused, they were sitting in their jail cell, chained to the wall, and they were singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake in verse 26 that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Amen? The jailer woke up. This is where it gets crazy. He woke up and saw that the prison doors were open, and he drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. And Paul shouted, Wait, wait! Don't harm yourself. We're all still here. Right? So the first thing I want Jake to write down, the handbook to hardship, number one, pray and sing. Number one, pray and sing. You guys should write this down too. Unless you don't plan on having any more hardships in your life. But hardships, they can be, they can be different things for, for everybody, right? Like it could be the Bills, the sports team. Thank God we don't have to deal with that this morning. It could be political unrest. That would never happen in our country. It could be that. It could be for me right now, it's my three-year-old waking up three or four times a night, like a newborn. Honestly, my hardship. He's also, uh, I'm pretty convinced he might be working with Antifa because he, <laughs> is that too much? Yeah, probably. Because he destroys everything in my house with Sharpies. He's like the graffiti guy, writing on the fridge, on books, smashing things, like every day. But we have grace. Anyways, that's what I'm going through right now. I'm just being honest right now. So pray and sing. In uh, verse 29, 
The jailer called for the lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sir, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. In verse 32, they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds immediately. And he was, he and his whole family were baptized. So Paul could have, Paul and Silas could have dipped right out of there. They could have left. They could have had that victory. Hey, we won. We're out. God set us free. But they stuck around. And the second one is look for that opportunity. Number two, opportunity. Look for the opportunity in any, any tough situation, right? Or victory for that matter. Look for the opportunity. What if they had left, guys? The jailer would be dead. His family would be, wouldn't have been saved. They might have gone to hell, right? And not ever heard the gospel. But they stuck around. They said, where's the opportunity here? What can we do? How can we, how can we get an even bigger win out of this, right? A lot of times, we're just, when we're in our trial, we're just focused on making it through. We're just focused on surviving to the next day. Like, I can't even, I'm so depressed, God, I can't even get out of bed, right? I forgot about this one. This one always, who remembers uh, Nick Beto, who used to go to church here? Nick. Nick was one of our Sunday school teachers. He ran some departments here, and then he got really, really sick and had to go into nursing home and was paralyzed, right? He couldn't move his arms, his legs. But he was literally the biggest evangelist in his nursing home for years and years. People got saved, got healed. He led Bible studies, all from laying in bed, right? I don't know if anyone got a chance to visit him. He was like the most encouraging human on earth. And he, he couldn't move anything but his mouth, right? So we're, how are we going to look for the opportunity, right? Um, the story goes on. We're not going to get into the, the rest of it, but um, the story goes on that uh, Paul actually stayed, uh, he stayed around and wanted, he wanted justice too after, after he got sent in prison. So he made the people who threw him in there come and get him. He's like, tell those people to come back and get me because I'm a Roman citizen and they shouldn't have done that. So he... He went after justice, which is always good. So the next story we're going to look at is one of Paul's uh, shipwrecks. He had a few. And this story, like if you think Titanic is a good movie, this story needs to be put into a movie. This is super good. So uh, Acts 27. Let's go to Acts 27. Uh, he's in the Adriatic Sea, which is off the uh, coast of Italy. And uh, Paul was arrested again. He's in, he's in custody. And they take him on a ship. Um, and Paul says in verse 10 of Acts 27, he said, Men, I can see that our voyage is going to be dis disastrous. Paul, he kind of knew what he was getting into. He said, There's going to be a great loss to the ship and the cargo and our own lives. But instead of listening to Paul, the centurion followed the advice of the pilot and owner of the ship. So Paul's like, Guys, it's winter. We're in this crazy sea, like things are going to be bad. Can't we just stay ashore a little bit? Um, but they didn't listen to Paul. They were going to, uh, he was arrested. He didn't have too much say in the event. Um, let's take a look. Uh, they just took a real beating. In verse 18, they took a violent battering from the storm. The next day, they began to throw cargo overboard. 
On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their hands, so no more catching fish. I don't think that's what they meant by tackle. 20, neither the sun nor the stars appeared for many days, so the people were freaking out. They haven't seen the sun or the stars. <clears throat> In verse 21, they've gone a long time without food. And Paul gets a little bit snarky here. He says, men, you should have taken my advice not to sell because they could have spared yourself from damage and loss. But he's not going to rub it in, right? We don't want to rub it in when we're right, even though it feels good. Paul says uh, in verse 23, Last night the angel of God, whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid. Right? So these people knew Paul. They knew Paul, that Paul knew God. And Paul says, don't be afraid. So I'm going to say maybe number three, have courage. Courage is a good word. Don't be afraid. So in any situation, you see this throughout the Bible. Whenever an angel of the Lord appears, first thing, don't be afraid. Whenever you get into a battle, don't be afraid. God is with you, right? God is with us. That's, that's consistent throughout Scripture. So Paul's not lying. He says, don't be afraid. Have courage. But then, this is, this is kind of interesting. Paul says in verse 26, he says, Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So it's kind of, you're, if you're these sailors, this is kind of a mixed message from Paul. Paul's like, everything's going to be okay, guys. Don't be afraid. But he's like, but we're probably still going to have to crash and maybe sink, but it's going to be okay. So Paul was realistic. So number four is be realistic about your situations. Like sometimes... You don't want to be one of those Christians who's like, I broke my leg, but I'm not going to the hospital because everything's okay. You, know, you have to be realistic in these situations, but also know that God's, God's going to pull you through. You, don't be an idiot. Don't go down with the ship. Like, try, to, try to make it. Don't be like Jack in the end of Titanic. Like, there was clearly enough room on that pallet. He could have made it. He's like, no, Rose... He was being dramatic. Don't be dramatic. Be realistic. Like, sometimes things are going to get hard. But you know what? God is good and, and he's got this. Amen? So, the, the story is it gets even crazier after the shipwreck. They go ashore. Paul gets bit, bitten by a snake. They bite his hand. The snake bites his hand. He throws it in the fire. They think he's going to die. Then they want to beat him again. Like, you should read the story. It's, it's insane. But... Everything turns out okay. Um, number five, this is something that all of us have a, have a hard time with. When things get, get hard, we're very quick to pray and tell everyone about all of our problems and tell people what we're going through and how hard our day was. But many, many, many of us do not share the victory. So number five is victory. Share it. Share the victory. Amen. So many of us. Paul, like when he gives that list of things he's been through, he's not doing that to brag. He's doing that to be like, guys, look at what, look at what I've been through. And I'm still here. What you're going through is not even close to what I've been through. Look at what God did for me, right? So many of us, we're at the beginning, like I was, when I was writing this, I just thought about it. This summer, I couldn't walk. I couldn't get out of bed. My back was broken, literally broken. I couldn't sit down. I was in 10 out of 10 pain. I was on pain medication. Like, things were, it was bad. And I didn't think I was going to make it through. And then, but I've, and right now, I feel fantastic. I have zero pain. I'm doing deadlifts. Like, my back is feeling fantastic. God healed me. 
But I was like, I haven't shared that yet. I've never shared that publicly, right? That's messed up, right? I, but during those, those six months where I couldn't walk, I was screaming out to God every day and praying, right? So I did the first thing okay, pray. I wasn't singing, that's, that's for sure. But I've, I never got to number five. I never shared the victory until just now. What is wrong with us? We, we do that kind of stuff all the time. Think about how many times in your life what God has brought you through. We forget about it. You got to write it down. He's, he's done so many things, right? Amen. So many of us, God has healed our marriages. God's healed our body. He's, he's helped us recover from abuse, right? How many things has God done for us? How many wounds has he healed? He's restored our finances before. We got to share it, right? Amen. So that was the number five, share the victory. Let's go to Ephesians 4.14. Actually, let, yeah, for, uh, let's go down to verse 13. Until we all reach unity of faith and the knowledge that the Son of God and becoming mature and attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, number 14 says, we will no longer be infants tossed to and fro by the waves, blown here and there by every word of teaching and cunning and craftiness of the people and their deceitful scheming. The Bible says we, this is kind of like a burn. Paul's like, in Ephesians, you guys are infants being tossed back and, and fro. Don't you know that God is good? He's already done it. He's already won. Amen. Don't be tossed back and forth about what, what happens. The bills win, the bills lose, things in politics happen. Your party wins, your party doesn't. You guys are, if you're like that, you're infants. If you're not confident in what God's word tells us. Amen. The whole measure and the fullness of Christ is the only thing that matters. Amen. First John, we're going to go to First John 19, verse 28. After this, it's the end. Jesus is on the cross. He says, knowing all things were now accomplished. Amen. All things are accomplished. Not some of it. He doesn't have more to work on. Like, everything is accomplished. Verse 30, so when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. The struggle is over. Your fight is over. You don't have to battle with flesh and blood. I have the victory. He stole the keys of death. Amen? It's finished. It's done. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be tossed to and fro and worry and be scared and afraid and all this stuff. He won. He won the battle. Amen? Hebrews 9.24. I'm going to skip it down because we're running out of little, a little bit of time. But Hebrews 9.26. Let's go. Otherwise, Christ, who had, would have had to suffer many times since the creation of wor- the world, but he himself appeared once, how many times did Jesus come? Once. He didn't have to come all these different times for every problem that you had. He came once and he did it. Once and for all. Amen? Verse 27. Just as people are destined to die once, after that to face the judgment, so Christ sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he's going to come back for a second time. Right? But he doesn't have to go, come back for our sins a second time. He doesn't have to come back for our problems a second time, for our hardships. He already did that. 
He's coming back to, to bring salvation to, to us, to those who are, are waiting for him, right? So, like, I want you guys to kind of get in my, the way that I think a little bit. My wife thinks I'm a little crazy because when I'm on the airplane and there's a little bit of turbulence, you guys ever felt a little turbulence? I absolutely love it. And seriously, we need to be a little bit crazy like this because if the plane goes down, whatever. I'm in glory. I have life insurance. Christina's pretty. She'll marry someone else. Like, I'm going to be at the feet of Jesus. This is awesome. Seriously. And going down in an airplane is a fantastic way to go, right? It's, a, it's fast. Like, you guys think I'm crazy, but if you don't think like that, do you really believe the gospel? Do you really believe that God's going to take care of your family? Do you really believe that you're going to be at the feet of Jesus when it's all over? It's awesome. It's exciting. Like every trial is exciting, right? So number six, he wins, guys. He wins. Well, we win because he wins, amen? Now I had, I had two envelopes, bills win and bills lose, right? But the handbook's the same, guys, right? If we're having hardships... We pray and sing. We look for the opportunities. We have courage. We're realistic. We share, right? We share the victory. And we know who wins. Guess what? The playbook's the same, guys. The handbook is the same for when we're walking in victory and things are good. We rejoice. We thank Him. We praise Him when things are good. Same thing. We look for the opportunity in every situation. God blesses us with a ton of money. We don't hold on to it. We give it away. Right? We have courage. We're realistic. Like, you don't get haughty. You're realistic. Like, we might not be in the playoffs forever. Like, the Chiefs are good. Right? We might have more hardships. Paul knew he was going to have more hardships. Listen, Paul, after all these things happened to him, he got his head chopped off at the end of it. Like, most of the other uh, apostles and disciples got crucified. Right? That was their end, but they didn't care. Paul's like, whatever, chop my head off. I don't care. Because you know, you know who wins. Number six, none of this stuff matters, guys. None of it. Political, the bills matter, but it really doesn't matter. What happens in our country is important, but it doesn't matter. We know who wins. Right? Persecution comes on the church, boom, the church grows. Whatever. Like, I'm not saying bring it. But whatever, we win, guys. We have the victory. Amen? Closing up. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he put everything under his feet. Not just death. He put everything, all of our problems. He put my back pain under our feet, right? He put broken marriages under his feet. He put no money under his feet. Whatever. It doesn't matter, guys. He wins. First Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 15. Again, 54 through... Uh, let's do 55. I'm giving Nicole up there a run for her money. Let's do, let's do 54. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, the mortal with immortality... Then saying that is, it is written will come true. Death 
has been swallowed in victory. Where in death is your victory? Right? And this is my favorite part. Where, O oh death, is your sting? None of this stuff, none of it's going to hurt me, knock me down, mess me up, or make me believe that God is not going to take care of it and that Christ is not going to win. Amen? In, in 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you. Nothing. No circumstance. He's got you guys. Whatever you're going through today, he's got you. We know who wins. It doesn't matter. This earth is short. It's going away. He stole death, guys. We don't even have to worry about death. He's so good. God is good. And that's the whole point. Is I don't need two messages. It's the same message, whether we win or lose in the temporary, guys. Because we know that, number six, he wins in the end. Amen? Amen. Pastor Josh is coming up to, to close for us. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Give it up for Jesus.